You're listening to a sermon audio from Cypress Church. You can listen to more sermons on our website or by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes. We hope you enjoy the sermon and invite you to attend one of our services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Always it's greeting people. Good morning. Merry Christmas. Happy Vestember. I'm trying to start a movement. And it's just not happening. You know, but some, at least uh, Pastor Ron Jackson, he's invested, wearing his best. I got one, maybe two more. It'll start someday. (laughs) Yeah, we'll try it. It's kind of like that person starting a wave and nobody's participating. Anyways, good morning. My name is Mike, uh, one of the pastors here, and so glad that you chose to worship with us this morning. And a great Merry Christmas to you. You know, when we greet each other to say that statement, it's a statement of hope, a hope that you would be glad with this time of the year and the season that it represents. Uh, Some say Happy Christmas or Feliz Navidad, uh, putting the hope out there that... to experience all that Christmas has for you and that you would be happy. The French say joyeux Noël. Uh, it's the way of projecting the hope of a, of a joyful Christmas because Christmas is about hope. Uh, most all of the Christmas movie and TV specials are uh, surrounding the Christmas story are all about hope. What's your favorite? Anyone have a favorite? Uh, I know that there's one like a, the uh, uh, It's a Wonderful Life. You know, it's, it's all about a, a character named George Bailey who who just uh, realizes he doesn't really think his life makes any different, yet there's hope in that, a hope of friends. or, or you. We all have heard the story of the Christmas carol of, of Ebenezer Scrooge, who finds hope in being a generous person and the life change that's there. And there's a couple others that are on there, that, uh, like all the Hallmark specials. That, that I think they keep expanding. Like now there's like 25 of them out there. Or there's one for every week that's out there. It just seems like there's another Hallmark special. It's all about love. The hope of love, Christmas kiss, Christmas hello, Christmas whatever. And it just, it's all about the hope there. And then of course there's the Charlie Brown Christmas which, with Linus and, uh, Linus, uh, sharing the hope of Jesus coming to save mankind as he recites that famous passage in Luke of that. We need hope. These, these stories speak of hope because we need hope. For all too often it's difficult, uh, or difficulties happen in life. Tragedies, devastating defeats, uh, terrifying situations we could not control. They just seem to happen. And we lose hope, moving us to stop trying. Uh, apathy sets in. We have no motivation to exercise, to clean our homes, to volunteer. And we feel like nothing will ever change. We'll always feel lonely. We'll always feel distressed or anxious or invisible or stuck. And to ask or to risk the pain of, to ask for or to risk the pain of, 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 of something different is, will only lead to further disappointment because it's just too much. Sometimes we can feel that way. Maybe you might be feeling that way or have. Uh, the world has a way of, of crowding out hope and leaving us hopeless. So how do we find room for hope how do we find our own Christmas miracle that those movies talk about? Well, the story of the first Christmas miracle has a way to instill hope and to help us see that 
surrendered belief in the Lord finds room for hope. And we see this through the the story of Mary, the the mother of Jesus. Uh, On the day that she chose to have and to bear Jesus as a child, it's found in Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 38, giving us four helps to finding room for hope this Christmas. And so we're going to look at that. But before we do, if you wouldn't mind sitting inside your Bibles and stand up, let's let's pray and ask God to challenge us this morning. Um, I really believe you're not here by accident. I think God directed you here. You may have thought you chose to be here on your own, but I think God has something for you this morning. And he wants to challenge you, especially in this area of hope. Maybe you need some hope this morning. Maybe you need encouragement. Or maybe you need some information to help others with their hope. But I know God has something for you. So let's pray and ask him to teach us this morning. Father God, thank you. Thank you for just the joy it is to be able to gather together in this place and to be able to focus on you and and the real reason for the season, Lord. But yeah, now to look at this story of Mary and her accepting your offer to allow her to bear Jesus. And so God, I know that gave her great hope and, and the Lord, it gave hope to the world and may it give us hope today and challenge us in that area Work in each one of our lives, Lord. And, and God, may you uh, give us something that we need to learn this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can have a seat and encourage you to take out of your worship folder that Carrie was talking about this morning. Uh, there's that connection card. We'd love to have a prayer request for you. And, and then there is an outline. Uh, it has some fill-in-the-blanks on it. The answers are going to be up on the screen. And so you can uh, look at that as well. Also, in the lobby area... Uh, we have these uh, study guides that we produce almost every week uh, that we have here. And on there, on the back of it, is the answers to all the fill-in-the-blanks and all the extra Bible verses that I usually give out on a Sunday morning. And on the other side, there's questions to ask you can or answer, and you can uh, use those for personal study. Also, many of our life groups that Carrie talked about that are coming up starting in January, they are um, uh, the questions they use for their curriculum and, and all kinds of things like that. But uh, take your Bibles, if you will, and open up to Luke. Chapter 1, if you don't have a Bible, our handsome ushers are coming down the aisle. They have some Bibles in their hand. If you want to borrow one, just wave at them. They'd be happy to give you a loaner. You can leave it there when you're done, and that would be wonderful and encourage you with that. I also want to encourage you that I'll mention this later on in the service, but if you're searching about Jesus and you're not quite sure where who he is or what he's like, I want you to pick up one of these next step bundles there, some information, and I'll tell more about it later on in the service, but I just wanted to get that out there so you would have that in your mind, the possibility of, of helping you. But Luke chapter 1, uh, verse 26 to 30, 38, gives us what happened that forever changed Mary's life and really truly the world, giving both Mary and the world hope, a hope that never fades and has the power really to push back the despair and the hopelessness because it's a hope in God who can make the impossible possible, and really truly the first Christmas miracle, that first Christmas miracle giving all great hope that can sustain us through any kind of struggles that we face in life. Four helps we're going to look at this morning to find room for hope this Christmas. The first is to seek humility towards God like Mary. So take your Bible and and open up to the Bible book of Luke, if you're not already there yet, the first chapter. We're going to read uh, verses uh, 6, or I'll read it for you, verses 6, first part, 6 to about 29, the first half of that verse. It says, in the sixth month, Luke chapter 1, verse 26, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city 
of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at this saying. Troubled because who was she to receive such a greeting? Mary did not have a, a sense of entitlement with a deserving, privileged air of superiority. No, Mary was just Mary. A young woman pledged to be married as seeking to honor her Lord and her God through her obedience and service. Mary chose to be humble. She was from a no-name humble city that actually had a bad reputation with people saying things like, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? If you want a Bible verse for that, it's found in John chapter 1, verse 46. But Mary was humble. She chose to be humble, to not place herself like she's out there. Hey, I'm Mary. Love me. <laughs> she was a, a humble woman who just wanted to follow God. See, humility is not self-deprecation that seeks to degrade self, but an honest realization that we're all flawed. Sure, with talents and gifts, but not more deserving than another. Not in a higher position than others in the way of value, and not me first. See, to be humble is to be inclusive, to be respectful, to be courteous, patient, and letting others be first. Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4, put it this way. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also the interests of others. First Peter chapter 5, verse 5 puts it this way. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to your elders. I kind of like that, being I'm older now. But in humility, count others more significant than themselves. Remember that. But clothe yourselves, all of you, that means old and young, with humility towards one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Now, that's actually a quote out of an Old Testament passage. And both of them, both the written in the Hebrew and written in the Greek, all uh, the wording in that way, God is opposed to the proud. It, that word opposed is actually to set a military uh, advance towards. In other words, that when we are prideful, God actually sets forth an attack on us. God is opposed to the proud, but he gives grace, help, encouragement to the humble. Now, I don't know about you, but I certainly don't want to be in the sights of God, <laughs> almighty, holy, all everything, all powerful God. <laughs> it would make sense. I don't want to be in opposed to him. So I, I want to make choices where I'm not prideful and I'm humble because God opposes, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Mary's humility towards God gave way to the hope of being used of God as well as bringing hope to the world. See, her humility not only gave her hope, but allowed her to give hope to the world. In the same way, when we are humble, the hope of God comes to us, and then we're able to be able to use that, that hope in our world. 
Because actually God wants to use us in our world to not only share the hope of God to others, but also to bless and encourage and be there for others. Our families, our, our friends at school, our neighbors, people at work. If we would seek to be less about self and humble, that hope will come upon us and we'll have room for hope and be able to share it with others. For surrendered belief in the Lord finds room for hope. See, we need to choose to find the strength in humility and experience God's hope. Hope can be shared, that hope that can be shared with others. Yes, we are to seek humility towards God, but also to find room for hope is to be open to the miraculous. Let's read on the second part of verse 29. In that first part, she's greatly troubled by that saying. Here she goes on to verse 33. And tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be, call, he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom... There will be no end. Now, Mary didn't choose to be influenced by fear, but was open to God doing the impossible. To have her conceive a child without the normal way. To have her, this child then be seen uh, as the son or be uh, enthroned as the son of, of God on the king of David's throne. For all eternity. See, she did not dismiss this capability, but in her humble state, wondered why her. See, too much God wants to do the miraculous in our lives and through us, but we dismiss the extraordinary because it doesn't fit into our box. It's like in in Matthew 11, verse 58, it records that Jesus' hometown of Nazareth He could not do many miracles there because it says, because of their unbelief. Uh, There's a story in in Mark chapter 9. If you want to write that down in your uh, notes there, you can look at it later. In Mark chapter 9, there was a desperate father. His son had been uh, attacked by demons that constantly uh, had him throw himself in the ocean to be drowned or the sea to be drowned or throw him in the fire to be burned and All these things, and his father had to keep watching this child because he kept running into self-destruction. And he tried all kinds of ways, and when he heard of Jesus and his disciples, he immediately went to his disciples, Jesus' disciples, and said, please, heal my son. The disciples tried all the kinds of things they had learned from Jesus, and he could not get rid of this demon and not this boy. And, And that the father, the desperate father, saw Jesus coming and ran to him and said, Jesus, if you're willing... If you can, heal me, heal this, I mean, heal my son and, and rid him of these demons. And Jesus looked at him and said this in the verses up on your screen, Mark 9, 23 and 24. And Jesus said, if you can, all things are possible for the one who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. He was open to the miraculous. See, there is hope for those who believe in God 
in a God who can do anything. The question is, do you? Mary chose to believe, being open to the miraculous. There had never been an immaculate conception to that point, and there never has been one. But she believed. She believed God can do anything, being open to the miraculous. The question is, are you? It makes room for hope. For surrendered belief in the Lord finds room for hope. Yes, there is hope being open to the miraculous, choosing to be humble. Here's another help to finding room for hope this Christmas. It's to step out in trust of God's truth. Let's look at what the truth is as, as, as Mary's story goes on in verse 34. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel gave her God's truth. The angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born, will be called holy, the son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. See, Mary trusted in God over her human understanding. Babies didn't just happen. Uh, God worked through that, and yet now here was the impossible. She didn't put hope in science or in human nature or what she knew to be true. She trusted in God, even though she didn't have a great grasp even on who God is. Turn with me to the Old Testament to the book of Proverbs. You're in the New Testament. Just keep going uh, back to the Old Testament, the book of Proverbs. It's right about the middle of your Bible. Proverbs chapter 3. Some of you have heard this verse uh, many times, but I just wanted to walk us through with it. Proverbs 3, verses 5 to 7, 5 to 8. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding." See, it's a trust that says, I trust God more than my human understanding. Because this doesn't make sense. I'm going to trust God anyways. I'm going to trust God at his word, saying that he can do these kind of things. Just let it open to him. And Mary was that way. She trusted in God over her human understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own human understanding. In all our ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Acknowledging him is is accepting him as who he is, as he's Lord, master, owner, boss, sovereign, God Almighty, the creator of everything. To recognize him as that, and he will make your path straight. He will guide you in the right way. You may not think the path is straight, but God knows, because he knows what happens tomorrow. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. That's a reverent respect of God. Acknowledging him in all of his holiness. And turn away from evil. And it will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. See, there's hope when we trust in Almighty God. A God that can do anything. A God that can do the impossible. And putting our trust in him expands our life 
to increase with hope. Now, sure, we trust in all kinds of things. How many of you ever use Yelp? You use Yelp or, or you look at a review of some kind? Yeah, or, or you know, as you're buying a product, you go down and look, okay, here's what people have said. You know, some people say, I'm not going to go to some place unless it has five stars on Yelp. What we're doing is we're putting our trust in the reviewer, aren't we? I mean, they've been there, they've tasted the food, they've watched the movie, they've used the product. We trust in them. All-knowing and eternal God who is not bound by time, who sees all of our choices that we will make has been there. He knows tomorrow. And to trust is to act on his words. Just like we trust in a reviewer, when we act on their words, they say, yeah, great restaurant. Oh, I'm going. (laughs) Great movie. Oh, I'm going. We trust on there and act upon that. To trust in God is to act on his words, to follow his review. And actually, we have a whole book of his reviews in the Bible. It's all of his reviews on life, his review on relationships, on life focus, on life actions, prayer, money, generosity, loving others, forgiveness, and a whole lot more. When we trust, surrendering to God's review, God's teaching, there is room for hope. For surrendered belief in the Lord finds room for hope. Now, honestly, it's, it's difficult to trust God sometimes. When circumstances are difficult and when what we trusted God for, we did not get. And it's hard to trust God at that point because we are so, we trusted in the God of miraculous to do this one thing. We prayed so hard. We had not just trust, but we had amazing super trust, mega trust in God. And then we were hoping so that he would grant our prayer. But if we put our trust in our intensity, that's trust in that, not in God. See, trust in God looks like Daniel's three friends. Daniel, the Daniel of the Bible, Daniel chapter you know, one through six are great chapters, but Daniel and his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You can read about it in Daniel chapter three, and I encourage you to read the whole chapter. Actually, if you read Daniel chapter one to six, the great, amazing stories that happened in there. But what was going on is that uh, the nation Israel, God followers, worshipers of Yahweh, um, got captured by Babylon. And as was the custom in the day, they would take all the best of the best, the, the the sharp guys, the 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 amazing women, and 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 they would you know all athletic, beautiful, handsome, uh, strong, intelligent minds. They would take the cream of the crop and they would indoctrinate them into that culture, that new culture, and have them become part of their leaders. That's how they kind of increase the gene pool of their leadership in that community. Well, as they captured over Israel, they saw Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and said, "These guys are winners." We want them. And so they, they took them into the courts. And if you read chapter one, you hear about how they, you know, asked to be uh, 
follow God's standard and God blessed them for it. And they became even uh, more distinguished than all the other leaders in that. Well, down to chapter three, something unusual happens. The king at that time was really full of himself, very prideful, and felt like, you know, I don't just want to have people acknowledge me as king. I want them to actually worship me as a god. And so what he did is he had this, he chose this huge giant plain uh, field out there, and he, he had a, a built a giant statue of gold, of an image of him out there in the wilderness. And, and he brought a band and, and, uh, and, 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 and some motivation, and, uh, and he said, what we're going to do is we're going to bring all the leaders down in this plain, and when I play the music, here's the instructions, you are going to uh, fall down and worship my image. Everybody got that? They all go, yeah, we got it. I said, well, let me give you some motivation. Just in case you, you know, didn't understand that you must worship me. And to make sure I'm going to take this fiery furnace over here and I'm going to heat it up and you will be thrown in there immediately if you don't bow down and worship. In the crowd that day were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We don't know where Daniel was. He's probably off on city business somewhere. But, but they were there, and all of a sudden, the, the band starts playing, and all these things happen, and the whole crowd of you is, whoosh, bow down. Everybody's laying on the ground, face down, except for three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's not like you can hide in a situation like that. I mean, you're sticking out like a sore thumb. And here they are, and and I'm sure that probably a lot of people were jealous of them because they weren't true Babylonians. They didn't grow up in Babylon. And here they are, foreigners, and they've been given more power. And, and so people are whispering. And finally, the king is like, what's going on? And so he calls them up to him and said, man, I, you know, I should be throwing you into the furnace right now because I said it was immediate. But, you know, you're, you're my favorites. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Maybe you didn't understand the command. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it again. The band's going to play, and you're going to bow down. Remember, Fiery Furnace is there for you if you don't. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, in the, in the most uh, gracious and respectful way, said to the king, O oh, king, uh, we respect you. I'm paraphrasing here. You can read it, the words exactly there. We respect you, and, but we want you to know that we are followers of God, the one true God, Yahweh. And he commands us that we are to worship him only. And so I'm sorry, but we cannot worship you as a God. And the king was stunned. And you've got to read the story because it says his face contorted. And the anger just raged in him. And he said, Heat up the fire furnace ten times hotter. And they're stoking it and stoking it. And the doors, are, which are probably in metal, just began to glow red. And he said, bind these guys. And, and, uh, 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 and he's so mad. And the, and, the, and, the, and the men said to him, King, just so you know that uh, we have a God who can rescue us from this. But even if he does not, we cannot worship you. King gets mad. The doors, they bind him. The, the guards take him to there. The, they open the doors of the fire furnace, and the, the heat is so intense, it slays the guards on either side of these three men, and they shove him in. The king is looking in there, and he, you know, waiting to hear the screaming and the crackling of flesh and all of that, and 
And he sees not just three people in there, but four. And they're no longer bound, but they're dancing around, having a great time. You know, doing a little, whatever, I can't do that. <laughs> I'm not Michael Jackson. I tried, but, uh, but it, it, they're dancing around in there. And, 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 and the king says, hey, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, come, come out of here. And they come out. And, and, and they come out of the fire furnace. And, and they gather the people around to inspect them. And not a fringe of their cloak is seared. Not even their hair is curled up a little bit from the flames. And they don't even smell like smoke. Now, how many of you have been at the beach for a bonfire? And you come home and you smell like smoke. Or, to, or oh boy, on Christmas Day, we're going to smoke some meat. Mm, and our whole backyard is going to smell like smoke. Because it just permeates your clothes. But I love how God, when he does a miraculous thing, I mean, he doesn't even have them smell like smoke. And they're there. But what's amazing about this is, yes, the miracle was amazing. But what amazed me was the trust of these three men. They said, King, we know God can save us. But even if he does not, because they didn't know. They didn't know that God was going to save them or not. But their trust was not in the outcome. Their trust was in a God who can. And the truth that he can. See, to have that hope is to step out in trust of God's truth. That he is a miraculous, awesome, loving God. And he can do the impossible. See, Mary knew this request from God would mess up her life. What would people think? What would Joseph think? I mean, there had never been anything like this before. Oh, okay. Immaculate conception, Mary. That's a good one. Come on. What's been happening here? And you can imagine what Joseph was going through because the angel didn't quite say the same thing to him. <laughs> he met with him later, but it... it, it, it he had to extend great trust as well and faith in his soon-to-be wife. They both trusted in the Lord. The question is, do you? Do you have that kind of trust? No matter what the outcome is, you still trust in God. For when we do, there's great hope, even in difficulty. One last hope, finding help the story with Mary. Go back. You're in Proverbs. Go back to the book of Luke. Uh, Luke chapter 1 again. Now to the end of that passage, verse 38. Mary is responding to the angel and she says, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Mary was clear with her identity. I am God's servant. Not self-serving. Not self-focused. Not self-obsessed. But unrestrained trust in the lordship of God. She humbled herself to his request, to his way of life, to what he would want her to do. She was God's servant. So the question is, whose servant are you?
Mary was clear with her choice. It was a yes. I will do as God instructs. See, Christmas and and life get so messy when we're trying to fill our wants and our desires. And yet there is great hope when we surrender to the will of God, where we seek kindness over getting, where we seek relationship over being seen, where we seek to listen over making sure we are heard, where we seek to be inclusive rather than protecting our turf. Mary makes a willful choice to follow God. And that surrendered belief in the Lord creates room for hope. Hope that carried her all the way through Jesus' life. She was growing up and turning into a man. And then when he decided to take on the Father's ministry, the age of 30-something, that brought him through a lot of trials where he was beaten, scourged, eventually nailed to the cross, Mary saw it all. And saw him breathe his last and put into a tomb. But Mary also saw him resurrected. She put her hope in Jesus. She believed in Jesus and a, and a willful choice to follow God. It can be the same for us. See, Christmas' first miracle was a young, humble teenager, open and trusting in God and willfully yielding to his request. She found hope in a difficult world. What about you? Do you need that hope? Will you open up to that gift of hope this Christmas, that surrendered belief in Jesus in the Lord finds room for hope? Will you seek humility towards God? Will you be open to the miraculous? Will you step out and trust? Will you make that willing choice to follow God? Some of you have come to that, come here and you're not really sure where you stand with God. You're not, this whole faith thing is a little interesting to you. And, and I get that. It sounded a little bit crazy to me when I first heard about it. I actually laughed. Uh, but then when I realized all about God and began to learn more, it made more sense. And so if, if you're searching for Jesus, I want to encourage you to pick up one of these next step bundles there. Inside there, there's a book written by a executive or a, 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 a journalist, investigative journalist who was looking into the story of Jesus because he thought it was a joke. And yet uh, Lee Strobel came to a faith in Jesus and he wrote a book and I, I've got a, one of them for you if you'd like to take one. Uh, our ushers have them and they're in the lobby area and you can pick ones up. You don't need to ask anybody questions, but there's also a letter written about how you can start that relationship with Jesus. Others of you have come to faith in Jesus. And yet it seems like the realities of the world snuff out your hope. Well, this Christmas, let me encourage you to continue to expand your understanding by, by being humble, by being open to the miraculous. By stepping out in trust like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, like Mary. Being open to that trust and and make that willful choice to follow Jesus all the days of your life. You will have hope. I can guarantee that. Will you pray with me? Father God, thank you for just the reality of the hope that we can have in you and the way that you give us this incredible uh, sense of, of hope as we uh, walk through 
our life because we have this faith in you. And, and Father, may uh, those who are searching this morning, may they get one of those bundles and, and seek you even more. And may those of us who know you, Lord, may, may we really expand our, our faith in you and see that hope grow even in the midst of difficulty, Lord, because it's going to hit. We know that. But help us in that. Lord, thank you for coming. Thank you for the way we can worship you as even as a little baby, our Lord and our Savior and our God. Thanks for this time of Christmas. It's time to enjoy you. Help us to believe in you more, we pray in Jesus' name. Let's, uh, let's stand up, um, if you're able, and let's sing, O Come, All Ye Faithful, in response to God's word. Oh, come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Oh, come ye, oh, come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the King of angels. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him, Christ the Lord. Sing, choirs of angels, sing in exaltation. Sing all ye citizens of heaven above. Glory to God, glory in the highest. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Yes, Lord, we greet thee, born this happy morning, Jesus, to thee be all glory given. Word of the Father, now in flesh appearing. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him, Christ the Lord. Let's sing that one more time. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore.